Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Constitutional fight over whether you can get drunk at a bar on a weekday morning. That is so Wisconsin. And the drunks won. Pete Thamel. It's kind of the same way Wisconsin wins in football. It's just physics. They look around and they say, you know what? A lot of people want to go to the bars. And SI's Pat Forty. Get back to me then, Vault Twitter. See if you're still undefeated. Bunch of haters. All right, you go ahead and prop them up, Danny. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. We've got uh, a lot of important news later, including people getting drunk in bars in Wisconsin. <laughs> so jealous. Wouldn't normally be newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. No. Drunken Wisconsin, that's dog bites man for sure. But also eating sausages, I'm sure. I don't know what they're doing. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. Newsflash, they put on the pandemic 15. It's like, it's like a damn jailbreak in Wisconsin. The Supreme Court of Wisconsin said the stay-at-home order was unconstitutional. And the Wisconsinites flocked to the bar. It's literally, I looked up the Wisconsin Constitution, a legal scholar that I am, and there's literally a thing in there that says you cannot close the bars. It's not allowed. So that was the, <laughs> I believe that was it. The Even Laverne during, and Shirley clause? Is that yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Even during global pandemics. Yeah, right. <laughs> you hear them thinking, like arm in arm singing the theme song with their cheese heads on. Yeah. Give us any chance, we'll take it. Austin <laughs> Pfeffer Incorporated. There we go. Yes. The bars of lacrosse are most certainly essential. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll state get we'll street. Get, state street. We'll walk everywhere, man. The whole yeah. state. Just everywhere. Imagine if they're giving out free bacon at that place that gives out free bacon on Tuesdays, Pat. Wando's. Wando's. There we go. There I might we go. have to drive over. I'm not ruling yeah. it out. I'm just saying. I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> I mean, if they're letting people in, they'd probably let us do a live pod there. So hey. Yeah, Dan, you just got to get around a great lake or two, right, to get there. The rest of us yeah, might be a little, little be further. Worth it. but, it's worth it. You know. I mean, <laughs> literally, I mean, you know they're all coming from Illinois and Minnesota. They're just like <laughs> fire. Chicago's oh, only like 30 minutes, like north suburbs of Chicago. Like, Yeah, right. yeah it's going to be banner same, days in Wisconsin. The same Minneapolis, man. They're rolling over the border for sure. Constitutional fight over whether you can get drunk at a bar on a weekday morning. <laughs> that is so Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and the drunks, won. Yeah, the drunks won. <laughs> all these other states, they're trying to get their gentlemen's clubs open. They're arguing all these. Well, you know, we're actually a church. Or if there's a mask on, is she really naked? Right. You know, all these legal. No, Wisconsin just cuts down. That is like, yeah, we're now. Nah. It, it's kind of the same way Wisconsin wins in football. It's just physics. Yeah. Like they looked around and they said, you know what? A lot of people want to go to the bars. And it's like, you know what? It's third and one. We're going to run behind the left tackle who's 372 pounds. It's really the same concept. It's uh, yeah. It's just brute force. One out. That's it. You third know, it's coming. Wisconsin, the Bears, the bars win. You know, it's coming, but you can't stop it. Right now, Brett Bielema weeps that he didn't keep that job. Oh, <laughs> he's the Giants defensive line coach. Sitting there, cold up in his house, crying. Yep. Yeah. 
no punishment like screwing up your career, like having to live in New Jersey. You know, you know, you know, Bielema would have been right down there, shirt off, oh. guzzling oh, beers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If they opened it like, you know, I don't know, 1101 Central Time, he's there. He's in line by 1045 for sure. Maybe earlier. If there was ever a pod hero, it was it was Brett Bielema. I mean, he met his wife in Vegas like he's <laughs> he's all time. One of the more affable people uh, I think we'd all say we've run across in this business. So yeah. we bring Brett back. We need Brett back. I want Brett back. Yeah. Yep. Paul Christ is just sitting around with his sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, like 500 of those sweatshirts, you know, because each one ends up with some like a cheese stain down the front. <laughs> cheese stain and some dip, too. He's a big yeah. dip guy. You know, I so love I Paul Chris sweatshirt. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He's wearing that no. thing, whether it's the it's the game against Northern Illinois in the heat of heat of uh, of all, of uh, September. No one's watching or he's at the Rose Bowl. Same sweatshirt. Yeah. Sure. And every 14 degree kickoff in between. Nope. Let me say this. The one game is it, maybe the single best game of the year in terms of the whole atmosphere, the whole scene and the unlikelihood that it occurs again, because like Alabama and LSU play every year. All right. But Notre Dame, their Shamrock Series, they play one game a year around America. They move around for recruiting and promotional purposes. They play in Florida, California, Texas, usually. This year's Shamrock, uh, what do they call it? The Shamrock Series. Yeah, Shamrock mm-hmm. Series. Shamrock Series was at Lambeau against Wisconsin. Oh. Yep. Notre September. Dame versus Wisconsin in Lambeau in September yep. when it's gorgeous up there. I think that's actually the if if this season doesn't happen, and I don't even like saying it, but let's if it if that we lose that, it'll be a damn shame. Yeah, that would really stink. That's yeah. uh, the only problem with it. They're playing at night, but still, it's it, it, it's going to be great. September twelfth, I think it is, yeah. or maybe the nineteenth. It, it might be the nineteenth. Is What's that a problem? Because we'd have to watch everybody drink all day, and we'd be so jealous, showing <laughs> yeah. up in our what? ties like the uh, losers we are. No, Why I just, you- I, I like the idea of Lambo in a nice, pretty afternoon. Since we see it on so many unpretty afternoons, I would love no, to see that. No, you sit there and drink all day. What do you yeah. want to get the game over so you can get that Green Bay <laughs> nightlife? <laughs> <laughs> We won't be doing the drinking all day. That's the problem. I, if I covered that game, to. I would drink. You don't cover that game for the football game. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Both teams are going 10 and 2. <laughs> That's it. Neither one's legit. They can pretend they're legit, but they're not. I, that, that game would be, the, I think, the, the I, we'll have to, we could do this topic as this season goes on. That would be the, the biggest casualty. If we lose this season and God. And G. Heilman Brewing Company forbid that it happens. <laughs> we need to we need an emergency rescheduling of that game. Yeah, do it. So if the season happens, can we make like a like a pod pact right now, like like pinky swear over Zoom that that, that we all gather and do a live pod from the parking lot that day? It does. Uh, I love the idea. Let's uh, see if we can make it happen. That that live pod from Lambo would be. About as much fun as we could have, I think. I think we'd have a lot of our people there too. You know, I think I think that's a good. There'd be a good concentration of our listenership. So yeah. I commit to nothing. <laughs> it's all right. We can do it without you, Dan. <laughs> Listen, if the country is opened up and things are rolling again, I don't want to hang out with you too. <laughs> that's a good point. Where is it you want to go, Dan? If the if the country opens up the first time it opens up, where are you going? What are you doing? I don't know. That's a good question. Where would I go? That's what I do. I I go anywhere right now, fly the plane, all that. I don't know. I haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. I'm pretty happy I can play golf again. Yeah. I'm going down to Kern's Kern's Corner here in Louisville, and I'm getting a fried bologna sandwich, and I am getting a Sierra Nevada, and I'll listen to them. Everybody bet on the horse races on TV and discuss what what games they want to gamble on. That's that's what I want to do. Well, that'll be that'll be it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get to a topic like this, but let's get to this about the season starting. I got to keep the show on the rails. Yeah, <laughs> so much to imminently discuss. I mean, we yes, don't want to miss anything. Very pressing, pressing know. issues. There's been day a lot sixty-seven of-, of the pandemic. We really got to stay focused. Well, Pete, you've been writing about it. Pat, you and Ross Dellinger at SI talked to all eleven conference commissioners this week about yep. the prospects of the season. Where are we now? 
does that incur insomnia talking to all 11 commissioners? <laughs> uh, a couple of them definitely were, were, were of the drowsy variety. But uh, yes. there was some uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, Jack Swarbrick, no, who, was, who was the, yeah. the, the unofficial 11th commissioner, uh, the AD at Notre Dame, and Craig Thompson were the two most interesting interviews I had just because they, they had some things to say. And, you know, the big takeaway was that nobody still knows anything yet. You know, we're starting to get starting to get a little bit of a framework, I think, but but we're still a long way from knowing stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's the key. We're 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 progressing, as we've been saying all along. They don't have to make this decision now, and it seems like I think you had in there five to seven weeks. You know, that yeah. kind of gets us close to that July first date that we were always wondering. You probably got to make a move. You know, this week we've had State of Oregon said no fans in the stands at pro sports or sporting events through September. So if the Ducks host Ohio State, it's going to be empty. You know, we'll see if that holds. Big one was the Cal State University system said no campus, uh, no on-campus students this fall. That is a problem for San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose State, all which obviously play uh, football. The Pac-12, however, says it's going to make its own decision. But with the Cal State, if you don't know higher education in California, there's the Cal State system and then there's the UC system which includes UCLA and basically UC Berkeley, Cal. Those are in the Pac-12. What happens to them? I don't do know why anyone... professors have rivalries? Like, do you think there's, like, contentious between those two systems? Absolutely, yeah. UC's, like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the snotty, we're the good, we're, you know, we're the top of the line, and then the Cal State's, like, the, the gritty, you know, the gritty California kids. <laughs> Fresno. <laughs> I mean, look where these schools are located. Westwood yeah. and Berkeley. They ain't hanging out in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They ain't going to downtown Sacramento or wherever Cal State Sacramento is. Yeah. Cal State Dominguez Hills, et cetera, et cetera. I'll never forget going to San Diego State to do a story on Jeremy Tyler, who uh, like skipped high school to go to the NBA. And he's from San Diego. He's working at San Diego State. And we left the the workout, which was conducted by Tony Bland, incidentally, and um, went to uh, like get a burrito or something. And like there's like pools like you could actually go like lay out at the pool at San Diego State like in uh Jeremy Tyler looks around he's like this was like going to college at the Playboy Mansion and I was like yeah that's <laughs> so not gritty at San Diego State no that's uh probably not meanwhile uh Auburn's president said definitively there will be football in the fall I also have no idea how you can guarantee that West Virginia president Gordon Gordon Gee a longtime favorite of the pod said the Mountaineers are going to play even if he has to suit up. <laughs> That's Talk about what the sisters we need. of the poor. God bless right? Gordon Gee. We should yeah. all wear bow ties in his honor <laughs> the next pod. <laughs> Little sisters of the poor, right? He called that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There are rumors that USC is not going to make it to the season opener against Alabama. Obviously, it's a little stricter in L.A. and California. They are playing at Jerry World. So then there's all these rumors that TCU is going to step in for the Trojans. TCU uh, is playing Cal. So if the Pac-12 dumps out, then TCU could jump in, play Alabama. I think we're going to have a lot of these musical chairs because I think, I mean, just look at this. It's This is, I mean, you cannot get more varied than this. Some people are like, no students at all. Some are like, I'll play. Uh, <laughs> so... I don't know what I thought USC the best line in Pat's article from Swarbrick was uh, this will all be a hell of a business school study module someday. I thought <laughs> no, that no. kind of like that was like the academic way to call it a cluster. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the thing. It's I mean, it's a big nation. There's a lot of different realities out there and there's a lot of different uh, political viewpoints and educational viewpoints about what should be what people should or should not be doing. And boy, did this bring it home was just talking to, to all those commissioners and seeing all how all over the map everyone is. And that's I mean, like Jack Swarbrick, the AD at Notre Dame is saying, hey, I'm in favor really of a spring season. He, he said, I may be the only one. But I'm in favor of spring season. Then on the opposite end of that, you have the Auburn president who's out there. Might as well be like standing in the quad with a bullhorn inciting the crowd. <laughs> We're going to open classes this fall. We're going to have fraternity and sorority activities. We're going to have more than 500 club activities. We're going to have a convocation. We're going to have popsicles and pizza with the president. We're going to have football this fall. We're going to have all the activities that we have every fall. Wow. Okay. 
if you were going to do a Saturday Night Live skit of like the overaggressive pandemic president, like it would <laughs> definitely be set at Auburn. Like that's where you would have to set it, right? Like yeah. it, it's just right. that's just perfect, you know. <laughs> but how how many of these guys? So the, you know, look, I'm always looking for. I'm always assuming everyone's lying. Uh, this is the United <laughs> States of America. There are no yeah. good intentions. Well, and yeah, and and anything connected with college athletics, it's relatively yeah. safe to assume so people not, are lying. Nothing against the Auburn yes. president, but if you're running a if you're running a business, and that's what these schools are doing, and they are terrified because there's going to be a, a, a enrollment's going to drop. A lot of them moved uh, decision day back for for incoming freshmen, and even if you're sitting there, you've already done a year. You sit there and say, "Gap year, man. I'm not I'm not paying for this. I'm not going to pay for it. This is a year to just." Let's take some classes online or let's work on something else. So I'm going to sit my kid out. I don't want to spend the money. It's it, it just who knows whatever you come up with. There is going to be less college students this year than last year. Now, that might be one percent. That might be 10 percent. That might be more. I don't know. But clearly, some people are going to choose. Yeah, we're we're out. We're just we'll come back next year. College isn't going anywhere. This is too uneven. I don't want to drop $25,000 or something on a semester. And I know that's not what Auburn costs for a semester. But to not get, you know, not get the full experience. And I think that's smart as a consumer, right? I mean, it's just things, people are making business decisions on stuff. Am I taking a vacation this year? Do I need two cars now? Nobody drives anywhere. Uh, all the different things. So if you're running a, a university, you're like, no, no, no. We got it all. We're going to have it all. It's going to be the best time to buy your best time to buy a car ever. We got the best. <laughs> I don't know that he isn't doing that. And I I don't I'm not saying that isn't smart because people are making decisions right now. And if this guy's out there, I mean, if you're looking at one of these California schools that are basically like, I don't know, you know, well, me, uh, we're just not going to do it. Uh, you're like, screw it. I'm not spending my money to go to Fresno State this year. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to take the year off. And 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 do something else or whatever. At least he's he's out there like hawking it. And I, I wonder whether that's really is because he's a smart guy. There's no way he can be like, I 100 percent guarantee that we're doing all that. You can endeavor to do all that. You can want to do all that. And I'm hoping beyond hope that you can do all that. But there is a pandemic. <laughs> it's it's out there and it may not have hit Auburn, Alabama that hard yet, but it could. And I mean, there's so many variables. So as much as you can't make a decision to shut it down right now, I wouldn't. I don't think you can sit there and say with full gusto, we're, we're, we're fully operational. I think he's trying to sell people on send in your tuition payment right now. No doubt about it. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. It was last week or whenever on the pod that, that I think there is a definite element of that of, Hey, we, we've got to try to secure tuitions from people. And that's this April is usually the month, but it's been pushed back for a lot of people. May uh, is very much going to be the month, I think, for when people are going to be putting in deposits or not putting in deposits for tuition, for room and board, that sort of thing. So that's uh, no doubt part of it. And it, it is interesting whether, you know, the, the divergence between that and the Washington president who, who said, well, you know, we're going to have a big meeting this week to see where we're at versus we're doing everything. Which one's being honest? Which one's being smart business? I, I don't know. But we're, we're I guess we'll find out. I, I thought reading uh, Pat's story, which I recommend all our listeners to read over on uh, SI.com, you could actually like see the fault lines when you started reading the different perspectives yeah. from like the different geographic areas, from the different points of view. I really thought you could start to see the cracks of how, OK, we're here. We're going to do this. We're here. We're not going to do this. This is do we leave a couple people behind? Probably, you know, like you could really start to see like the the, the wheels turning in these in these leaders heads and you could sort of start to see the fragmentation. I, I thought that was one of the one of the best parts of it, the, the nuance of just where uh, the the lines are being drawn, I guess. It's clear this is going to be every man for himself. And we predicted that a long time ago, that there is no. Nobody cares about what you're doing or not doing. I mean, they, like I said, they're already rescheduling uh, the, the opener if they need to. And if you can't get on board, we're going to try. And, and I, you know, I'm fine with that. It's 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 unfortunate. 
the beauty of this sport is the 130 teams and all yeah. the different cultures and all the different stuff. And I, I wish it was less political. I understand this is 2020 and everything is my team or your team and the other team's stupid and ignorant and dumb and hates America. I think you can be honestly trying to do the best decision possible and you're just dealing with different circumstances. I mean, you just... I think I had the numbers last week. I'll look them up again. But it was like, you know, there's in, in the Big Ten, there's, uh, let's see, currently 9,700 deaths in New Jersey, Jesus. and there's 107 in Nebraska. Yeah. And so the people in New Jersey, you can't sit in Nebraska and say, you're, you're a fascist. You don't want to do this. You're handling it like this. They're dealing with one thing. And, and in New Jersey, people should look at the Nebraska people and go, you're, you're fascist and you're trying, you know, I, it's just, it's different worlds right now. And so I, I, I wish it was a little bit more like that. Like, instead of like, ha ha, you dummies, you're not starting football. We are, uh, you know, how about just being like, damn, sucks that this is happening to your area. Yeah. I know this is hopelessly naive because, again, we're horrible people and we like laughing at each other. But <laughs> well, it's like, God yeah, damn, I, it's not the well, Pac-12's fault that they're dealing with this. It's like, this is where we are, you know. And that's the thing. Uh, yeah. This, the, the fact that, that this all has become a political lightning rod is is. I guess predictable, but also unfortunate. And as you said, I think it takes away some from some what should be some empathy, at least for what's going on elsewhere and some understanding, uh, you know, that that there are not this is not the same pandemic everywhere. The thing that's even surprised me and I certainly have low expectations for, for all this just but like the people hating Dr. Fauci. Like the people blaming Dr. Fauci that like I could never have seen that happening a month ago. And I am like as pessimistic and negative as you ever be. But that seeing that sort of bubble up this week, I was like, come on, man, you're really going to start like hating Dr. Fauci. If, if people just want to hear what they want to hear, though, that's yeah, yes. that's it. And, and it's on yes. both sides. Oh, yeah. everybody yeah. wants to just hear what they want to hear. And anybody doesn't say what I want. And that also a lot of the hate is the extremes. Yeah. Ten percent right. of each side of the political spectrum it causes all the noise, yeah. and it's just annoying. Mm -hmm. It's like whatever, man. Like it's well, like they, whatever. Yeah. The uh, the Gordon Gee comment that I, if we're gonna play, I'll play if I have to. That that got tweeted by Clay Travis, and then some Alabama fan sent it to me. Sorry for your loss. It's like, wait a minute, because some president of West Virginia says he'll play football. It's my loss again. And going back to the whole fallacy that we don't want football in the fall here. You know. I think we, we do. Hate and it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's a funny line. It's a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. We 100% want football. I just, I respect that they got a situation in New Jersey, but I also think you got to respect the situation in Nebraska. It's just yeah. different. Hopefully it all works out. I don't know. We don't have to decide yeah. yet. All right. Here's no. a more practical thing. Okay. And, and this was, uh, it's been covered by a few different people. So I won't start crediting single reporters, but what happens? If we if, it, if the, the sport comes back, a player is going to test positive. Pretty much every team will probably have somebody test positive. OK, last week, the UFC, which I also cover, had one fighter and two team members at their card to UFC 249 in Jacksonville test positive. So they pull they test. They're testing everybody, pull the fighter, they pull the team teammates out and they continue the card. And I think this is the only way to do this. If If, if one test is going to quarantine an organization for two months, then we're never opening a single business in this country. I mean, it's just, it's not happening. We're not certainly not doing any sports teams. People will test positive, but it is a question of what do you do? Now the UFC had a plan. They pull them out, hopefully. And, and if, whether you like the UFC, if I know there's a lot of people don't enjoy watching UFC, but you should be rooting for the UFC to have contained it and not a bunch of a big outbreak because it will impact whether or not there's football. Because we all want football. And so, but if, if if that spread, all of a sudden we have 40 positive tests in two weeks, that's a problem, I guess. If if it doesn't and it's it stays at three or it ends up at five total or something like that, then you continue on. But when it, when you're doing a fight card, you can easily pull one fight out and the fight card goes on. What do you do in football and what's the number? Like, how does this work? Is it two student athletes who are sick? That's all right. We keep going. Is it five? Is it because, you know, these guys are going to be together all the time and they're college kids. And so even the idea that like, well, social, I mean, what are they going to wear in masks around the locker room? I doubt it, you know, in the weight room, doubt it. So 
you know, how many kids on a team test positive that you all of a sudden the team's in quarantine for two weeks and the whole season just collapses? Just structurally, I'm wondering how does that work? And what, uh, Pat, you talked to a lot of people like what was the what was the theory on something like that? Yeah, that you know, that's uh, that's a big part. And I think that's one of the reasons Swarbrick, among most people, is 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 more. Hey, let's see if we can do this in the spring, because he's very concerned that you're going to play for three weeks. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a rash of tests, and there's going to be a rash movement to close it down. And at that point, that's a real disaster. Uh, I think that um, you know that that I don't know what the critical mass number is for positive tests, but you know, if one of the things we picked up, they're going to be testing the heck out of the players. But you're going to be changing every like locker room protocols going to be changed. You're not going to have a hundred guys in the locker room together at one time. You may send 10 guys in there to get ready and go out to the practice field and then 10 more guys go or 10 more. Maybe they change at their dorm or their apartment into their practice gear and then go straight to the practice field and don't even go in the locker room. You know, there's going to be all kinds of protocols like that in place. But, Dan, you're, I mean, it's, it's, it's the question. What is a critical mass for where this thing turns around? Uh, you know, another thing Swarbrick said, he, he, he is confident that students are going to go back to campus with a new social responsibility and try like heck to do what they're supposed to do. But yeah. uh, are they mm. not going to have house parties? Are they If the mm. bars are Come open, are they now. not going to go to the bars? If there's mm. frat parties, are they going to go? Uh, sure they are. So, the, the you know, college campuses are just one of the hardest animals to get your arms around. One thing I know Stanford is looking at, a million different models right now, but they may have the senior class on campus for two months and nobody else, or the junior class on campus for two months and nobody else. Could work from an academic standpoint, doesn't work very well from an athletic standpoint. So how these people are going to work, I think there's a lot of hybrid models out there that are being considered partial attendance on campus versus not attendance, but how the athletics fits into that good question all the scenarios all the things that we've talked about all the different things we've dialed in on i i have not heard good answers for what happens when someone tests positive because you just think like think about the amount of contact think about the laundry think about the like the entire locker room scenario like pat mentioned i mean it's a in terms of social distancing football is a complete disaster like just every every aspect of it you have position meetings before you go out to the field, like you have, there is, there is every kind of violation possible of social distancing, you know, that comes with, uh, that comes with football. And if, you know, I, I just really think that if one out of every 300 people in America has this right now, right. And there's a hundred people on each football team. Like there are statistically like Swerberg said in Pat's piece, like, you know, like 20,000 students going back to Notre Dame, some are bringing the virus with them. And so we certainly can't, live completely scared of the virus, but we also need really good solutions to things like what happens when a kid tests positive. And I don't know if, uh, if we have that, cause I would, I would think the the natural reaction is going to be to go Rudy Gobert and just like shut the team down for a couple of weeks. Then, 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 then we can't even start. Like if yeah, that's correct. going to be the standard, yeah. don't start. Yeah. I, I nope. mean, I, I think we're going to go to a situation where some are, I mean, they're opening factories, right? The auto factories in Detroit are opening. Uh, Monday there you can't social distance when you're you're building an f-150 on the line right. it doesn't work that way like there's no there's no way to do it mm-hmm. you, you look at the the places where the 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 virus has has done really well and and let me do the disclaimer that if you hear any public health advice from me disregard it immediately I don't know what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> yeah okay I don't legal even like advice, do- love not- advice, financial <laughs> advice. Pretty much yeah. come here for no advice. I'm not a doctor. I don't even like Dr. Pepper. I think it's doctor. People's okay, court. So- people's court only. That's it. People's court. Yeah. yeah. Just do the opposite of Pat's betting advice. That's the only guarantee on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I have noticed that mainly the people getting it are in nursing homes. And that's where most of the deaths are. A lot of deaths. Uh, meat packing plants where they're all together. And prisons, the prisoners are getting screwed. <laughs> they, I got to admit, I mean, that would suck. You're just sitting yeah. in the prison. There ain't no way to go. Bad ventilation, yeah. I'm guessing. So they're all together, right? So we're going to find out more as things go, which is why you don't have to make the decision. I just, there's just no way that kids, I, I think there's a lot of, if you have young people at that age that are healthy, the, you know, if you look on the 
the broad scheme, you go, well, there's going to be maybe no fatalities, very, very few out of college, no less than the number of fatalities that already happen at college. People, college kids die now, you know, it, it, and so statistically, if you're just moving the big, the big board, you go, hey, open the colleges, right? And uh, it'll be fine. But there is quarantines and things like that. I just, these teams are going to get sick. I mean, they're just, it's just going to happen. There's no way you can keep them all apart. And it's, it's probably good in the, in the broad scheme. Again, if we just get all the college kids infected, just start the herd, you know, mentality or herd immunity that way. I don't know my opinion, but that's easy when you're looking from a, you know, 30,000 feet. Like I am, it's another, if you're the one who's the linebacker, you want to catch this thing. So I just, they're going to get it. They have to have the will. And, and that's what Dana White at the UFC had was, I don't care. We're going. We're going forward. And you have to have that will. I don't know how many of these college presidents are going to have that will. And I don't care. You know, maybe Auburn's does, but I don't even care where you are at, at, at what in what city or school you're at. College presidents look out for themselves and their own careers. And so if you're the one that oversaw some bad something bad breaks, uh, they're risk adverse. So this is going to be that. That's my my concern about this is, all right, let's do this. Let's try. But, man, do you guys have the will to keep this going when it's not just on paper in the middle of May. Sure. No, that that's the great point. And that, you know, look, yes, Dana White lives in one world. College presidents live in a completely different one. And uh, there are a lot of factors on campus where people don't think very highly of athletics. So. If 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 there would be some pressure, I would think from faculty groups to that if you know, hey, let's let we're not going to just risk everything so that Auburn can run out on the Jordan Hare field, you know that sort of thing. There's going to be some competing interests there. Obviously, there's ninety two thousand fans that really want to go, and they are they are a strong interest group as well for a president to listen to. But yeah, what is the threshold for how, how much can you take? How much are you willing to take? What's the risk factor? Yes. So a lot of them probably will test positive. Most of them are going to be okay. But what happens for the ones that aren't, that end up on a ventilator, end up in ICU, or God forbid, die? And what's the liability factor there? Hey, you knew this could be a problem, and you brought my linebacker onto campus, and now we're putting him into a cemetery. You know, I mean, at the, at the that most could happen. example. Right. Right. Yes. 99% oh, yeah. could be asymptomatic, but it's that one, you know, yeah. it's just, this is the, this is the headache that they're dealing with. And I, you know, I, I respect that as much as I want them to be like, let's go. We're going to, we can, we can do this, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Liability, liability, liability. That is going to define what happens over the next six weeks. And, you know, do players have to sign a waiver and say this Do fans have to sign a waiver before they go in the stadium? Do we have to sign a waiver before we're going to press box? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just the the reality is we're going to be signing our life away to go do what we normally do did before and get tested i mean I, it's hard to know mm-hmm. where you got the disease that's the thing i don't know yeah. if these liabilities yeah. actually i mean catch it anywhere so mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they hold up but again that's what you prepare for that's what lawyers the best lawyers are the ones that keep you out of the courtroom they don't win you all right this is a little different sport but i thought it was interesting blake snell tampa bay uh devil race 2018 cy young award winner came out he says he probably ain't playing this year in baseball, mm. they have an 82 game season kind of set up, blah, blah, blah. He he points that they're going to cut his pay in half, then cut it a further third. So the money isn't enough. Now, he has a five year, $50 million contract. So he's making 10 per. So he's got to. <laughs> that can he, help he, you even, make a principled stand. <laughs> it, can, it, it gives you the ability. His a bit of not getting paid enough is um, not my scale of not getting paid enough. But I certainly get if you got the money. But he's saying, look, the health risk, he could die. I guess you could. You could die doing a lot of things, but you could die. But he says he's pointing to, well, if you get sick with this, some people are having health complications that can last. It can do a number on your lungs and stuff. Could that yeah. end his career? Like, what's the point here for him? And you say, hey, you got to play for the love of the game. Hell no, this is a business. And so he's basically saying, I'm just going to sit it out and prepare for the 2021 season. He's looking at his next contract. He's looking at the long term. He's 27 years old. This is a, a, a healthy 27-year-old. I actually respect this decision because I, I certainly want 
all the sports to come back. But if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Someone else will take that job. There's plenty of people. Yeah. And just same with any job in this country. You don't want to do the yeah. job. Don't do the job. That's fine. I'm not, I don't think we have to guilt trip him into play for the love of the game. Screw that. Right. It's his job. This is his life. Yeah. He has made enough money to have the luxury to say, I'm sitting it out. Yep. And if someone said to me, I want you to work, you know, I, I felt terrible for the frontline people, the cops, the EMTs, these guys, and they didn't have protective devices and stuff, even to now with not enough masks and stuff. Like these guys, like I wouldn't want to do that job, you know, like so you make these decisions. So I respect his decision, whatever. I'm not going to guilt trip him. It's his, his call. It makes sense. Here's my question. Now, here's a guy saying I'm not getting paid enough. At he would have made, you know, whatever, three and a half million before taxes, maybe something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know the full numbers. What about the college kid? How many college athletes will do what I was saying earlier about taking a gap year and just say, I'm just not going in on this. This football season seems really shaky. And as, you can be as optimistic, again, as optimistic as you want to be when you dial it, you get into the, the, the you start getting into the, the granular. It's like, how is this working again? Like, wait, <laughs> is this going to happen? How many kids are just going to say, I'm out? Now, I get 18 to 22-year-olds, bulletproof, fearless. They, they, I got to do it for my team, my brothers, all that stuff. And and I think most will play. But won't some sit out? I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how that plays in. Pat, what do you think? You got a college athlete, yeah. your family? <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, I, I think it's entirely possible. There, there will be some individual decisions where some people will say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do it. And it, some of that will be with thoughts of professional future in mind vis-a-vis -vis this, this risk. Uh, some will just be personal health risk. I think there's going to have to be a lot of parents that are going to have to be won over. You know, in our personal case, Stanford is going to be one of the most conservative universities in the country on doing this. They're, they are they are in no rush. They may be in less of a rush than some of us would like them to be because at least you're trying to think that, okay, we can safely social distance a swim team, da, 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 da. But I don't know. I mean, that's like the, we, we got a, an email from the provost a couple of days ago, and that's where they were talking about maybe the senior classes on campus for one quarter and the genome and that sort of thing and trying to parcel it out that way. And the thought does cross your mind. Maybe this is the time for a gap year. I haven't even discussed with with this with my daughter. But you know, if 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 the on campus experience is as awesome as it is at Stanford, do you want to be you know on a Zoom call for three months, or do you want to try to put that off and take a gap year and train uh, for your sport, but not you know? So I I don't know. I mean, I think that it's possible that that that's one of the factors that that uh, athletes take in. What is the risk? What's the reward? Okay, I'm not going to do it. Pat, are you insinuating that Stanford is taking a different approach than Auburn? <laughs> Am I reading between the lines here? Like, are there are you, are you hinting that there's a difference in the institutional soul of those two places? <laughs> if you look at the Jay Gog uh, comments about we're having, you know, everything on campus is a go versus Stanford saying, eh, we may or may not have anything in September. It's a little different. I mean, I, I think it's a good point. And Dan, you think about these kids like, what if you have been immunocompromised? What if you have a family member that's been immunocompromised? Which I think is, you know, all of a sudden you're talking about a, a decent percentage of a of a team. Like, do you essentially go and volunteer to lock yourself out of many of the parts of the college experience and parts of seeing family and friends to, you know, for the glory of playing in front of no fans? Like it just it's it's an interesting thing. And, you know, how many NFL prospects, high, high end guys are going to kind of like get a sprained ankle in week three and be like, you know what, I'm going to Exos and and, and I'm going to work out and just kind of move uh, move on. I mean, one of the allures of college football is the, the throbbing stadiums and the big stage and the energy from all that. And that is all going to be different. Now, is it going to be gone? I have no idea. But like, it's certainly not going to look and feel like it has look and feel like if it does indeed happen. And I do think the way we're trending with all these fault lines, like we talked about, and geographic differences, everything's going to start getting pushed back in some way. I think we're, we're fairly close to that. That's that's my that's my contention. And so as it gets pushed back, if you're an elite guy, do you do you take a pass? If you're a young guy, do you say, you know what, I'm just going to take my red shirt year now and stay home? Like there's going to have to be like it's not everybody's not just going to show up and like like it's normal. And and, and I, I think that's it's a good point. Dan. I didn't see the Blake Snell story, but if he can make, 
you know, if he's 27 and say he has three years left on his deal after this year and he can get one more big contract where he can make 50 more million. I mean, it's kind of hard to blame him if, you know, if he doesn't want to if he doesn't want to take the risk to 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 work for a third of his normal salary and risk making another 50 million on the back end. I mean, that, that makes business sense. Yeah. I mean, and these are again, the, the risk is low, but you do hear these stories and, and I know they kind of hype up the one the one out of a thousand story. You know, that's that's how it works. But you you know, hey, this this got into his lungs and changed the way he can breathe or this lingered. I mean, there's still people, you know, you don't know. We don't know about this thing. And that's the problem. And so if you're sitting there going, hey, I'm a I'm going to be a draft pick. I don't want to catch it or, you know, I, I think it's a little different when you're 18 to 22 and I'm guessing there will be, but, and then we all kind of think and go, well, Hey, you know, I think when you think college football player, right, you think some linebacker at Alabama or you think Trevor Lawrence or you think whatever, what if you're the second team guy at Akron? Yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah. whatever, man, <laughs> this is not worth it. Okay. Right. Like it's no. worth it. If you're like, we could win a national championship. And, and so I just wondering about I don't think there's going to be a lot of Alabama players bailing, but somewhere else and you're not even starting. You're like, you know, what am I doing here? Because you look at those sidelines, it's like 200 dudes like they got they got to do like the, the, the same number like three times. You know, it's like <laughs> number 88 on offense and number 88 on defense. There's a lot of kids that are just going to I think some of these kids are going to be like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I don't need to do it. Some. I don't know how many, but some. Yeah. I mean, look, all, all the, you know, the second teamer at Akron may well care as much as the first teamer at Alabama as far as being as good as they can be and being part of a team and enjoying it. But for a lot of those kids, there's also this, okay, why am I here? It's to get that education. It's not to help Alabama win a national title or help my draft stock or whatever. And so there will definitely be some different motivations and different approaches to how important the football season is. Now, if the scholarship depends on it, and they say, you know, you got to be here to get your scholarship, then that 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 could be a factor because hey, most, sit out a year. Yeah. I mean, it, but you know, don't know if your scholarship's going to be there after that. Well, someone will take you. Someone will. I don't know. I just think these are going to be really interesting decisions. I don't, I don't know what people will do. I'm guessing most will show up and play. 18 to 22 year olds want to. They're not really worried about it. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. you're right. I think most of them, if if they are getting even just surface level assurances that they're going, people are going to be looking out for them, they're going to be testing and do this or that. Then most of them, I think, will be there. Yeah. All right. Two hundred goats escaped into an uh, <laughs> escaped their enclosure and made a run through a San Jose neighborhood. Enough of this series. They're coming. Talk. We, they're yeah. coming, guys. <laughs> we had every angle. <laughs> too much serious talk. They're coming. <laughs> now, this is not pandemic related, but I guess the electrical wire that kept them in. So Dan, you're just yeah, you're being naive. It's all pandemic related. <laughs> Maybe it is. They've organized. Yeah. If you see this, I uh, can you imagine? Now this is like a <laughs> suburban neighborhood in San Jose, which I guess is all suburban neighborhood. Not really, downtown uh, San Jose is like a street and a half. It's like a Marriott uh, and, a, <laughs> and a crosswalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing there. Uh, we got yeah. It's, 200 goats. I mean, what do you do if you look out the street and they're, they, here they come? They're coming, you know, they look out the window. They're rolling down the street at you. Hunker 200. Down. Your kid's out yeah. there riding his bike or you're a little <laughs> kid riding your skateboard and all of a sudden you look up and <laughs> what the hell? 200. <laughs> See, and 200 enough. Now, if they've got good leadership, they can divide and conquer. They can send 100 <laughs> this way and take care of East San Jose and 100 go that way and take care of West San Jose. Then they merge together in a pincer, pincer movement downtown. San Jose's in trouble. Do the goats have a general Stonewall Jackson? They, like who built like being portraits for years to come with his like goat beard? <laughs> We're gonna find goats. out. We're gonna find the goats out. Goats are like, ain't no stay-at-home order for us, man. No. <laughs> no. National Guard's up against it there, San Jose. Best quote I you. saw in this was uh someone named Zach Rowlands who told KNTV, quote, this is the craziest thing to happen all quarantine. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> what is going on in this neighborhood that he even had to qualify it? 200 goats come down the street. I want a party in that neighborhood. 
Hey, we got that. And look on the on the opposite coast. You don't think stuff's going on? What about the invasive giant lizards in uh, in Georgia? Yeah, this Again. is a problem. Four foot long lizard. Yeah, it's not allowed in Georgia. It's gotten into Florida too. Florida see? Georgia line. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. they don't they mm-hmm. don't care about that. They don't listen to that band. They don't. They know no line. <laughs> An- animal pincer movement on the west, the goats on the southeast, the lizards coming together. Well, the rodents in New York too now. No. Don't, don't forget the rodents. And the murder in hornets in the northwest. Oh yeah, my no. gosh, they've well, got all four care. corners covered. All the number one seeds in our pandemic, uh, <laughs> pandemic Sweet Sixteen tournament, Thunderdome. It's getting ugly. The, uh, Georgia had a law that you could have these uh, giant lizards as pets, but you're not allowed to release them into the wild. I mean, I it's not. a dumb law. Of course, yeah. it's going to get in the wild eventually. It's a wild animal. <laughs> yeah. I, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Either ban them or don't. Not I mean, content I, to sit in somebody's cage in Macon. They, they want out. They want eventually. I mean, look, I'm the guy that owns a giant lizard as a pet. <laughs> probably not the most disciplined. <laughs> crunchy. I mean, what? who wants this as a pet? Are you stereotyping lizard owners, Dan? Yes, I am. <laughs> Get a damn golden retriever like everyone else. <laughs> did you just do that Yahoo training? I don't think we're supposed to stereotype lizard owners. <laughs> oh, I did Be do that training. Dan. Be inclusive. <laughs> yes. We had we had sensitivity training this week on our oh, oh my god. You needed it more than most. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't even work with anyone. Like, what am I gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Do not harass anybody in your house. I don't know. I think I passed it. Yeah. Don't yell at your coworkers. I'm like, oh, I'm yelling at my kids. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'll take it out on them. Yeah. yeah yelling at us know. is good content. So, All right. Let's mm-hmm. do this because Sully will, this might stop Sully from trying to get us to talk about if we finally get this over with. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> is loading up on recruits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sully is beside himself. He's just humming Rocky Top all day. <laughs> Coach like, you know what? If Tennessee keeps recruiting like this, we can keep the quarantine going. Like we don't have to. We don't have to go back. Well, this is a Tennessee dream. We don't play the games. We just yes. recruit. Yes. Don't play That's the it. games. It's ideal, right? It's like uh, I think it's like Clay Helton in the Alabama game. You know, he's like, oh, it's a shame we're not going to have <laughs> yeah. him play. I wanna... yeah. totally Darn. was ready for him. Get your shots in now, fellas. Get your shots in now. It's just a shame this. Pay, you know, it's like a like a. A baseball fight where they're always like, hold me back. Oh, I'll kill him. I'll kill him if you just stop holding me back. <laughs> no, um, Coach Pruitt is getting it done with the Zoom. I think is a an unexpected development. Now, I a lot of people are, a lot of these kids are committing because I think they're bored. I expect next fall, right before signing day, to be the greatest decommitment, recommitment uh, s- switch of all time. So oh, it's going to be a disaster. Whoever's oh. committed now doesn't mean crap. That just means that they're the leader. But remember when it was quaint and coaches had like a gentleman's agreement that if you committed, you didn't keep recruiting the player. <laughs> yeah, right. I actually don't remember that because that <laughs> was a long time ago. That way. <laughs> no, no, it was, <laughs> it, was, it. it was it was it was deemed un- uncouth. Uncouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not happening now. So, but <clears throat> what do you think of Tennessee getting all these kids? They didn't sign anybody, but what do you think? Give Sully some love here. Give him, give him some hope. So I actually asked a coach about this this week, and uh, what they what he said was interesting. First of all, props to Tennessee for having conviction on their evaluations, recognizing the realities of the pandemic, and you're not going to get any more information on these kids between now and the start of their high school football season. Like, you're not going to get empirical evidence. You're not going to see them in camp. You're not going to get them in person. You're not going to do anything else. So, like, your evaluation on March 1st is the same as your evaluation on May 1st. So if you like the kid, you got to still like him and you might as well pull the trigger on it. So Tennessee has done a good job of doing that. And is this the kind of recruiting class that can help them compete with Alabama and Georgia? Probably not. It has a couple of elite players and some very good players, but what they've done is found guys who want to say yes. And so the people within the SEC aren't like, oh my God, they're loading up. They're like, yeah, it's a nice class. They've gone early. They're not exactly like sending shockwaves of fear. You know, a couple of guys are a few inches too short. Like they, again, they have beaten guys on paper for people. I get it. But like this is, they have not sent shockwaves through the, through the recruiting world. Oh, that's, you know, that's the depressing, you're just a depressing (laughs) individual. 
<laughs> Sully's been getting smug on the text you, messages. You didn't put a you didn't put a smile on Sully's face. We're looking at him here on Skype. But poor Sully he, is sitting out there quarantining his apartment in L.A. <laughs> they're saying they're going to be shut down for another three years. Yeah, <laughs> all he's got is Tennessee. Football all he's got is ball recruiting. You yeah. got to crap all over it. Yeah. Coach Pruitt's well, going to coach him up. Well, here's, I expected the people to say that they were just cheating their tail off, and they didn't say that. So there's, there's a good news, Sully. All right. If you were going <laughs> to drop a bag right now, do you have to, like, sanitize it? Do you Pirel it? Mm. How do you handle that? Mm. How do the bag men operate in a pandemic? That's a really good question. We could do a whole pod on that. Maybe we could get Will Lyles on and Kenny Rogers and some of the great bag men in recent in recent history to see how they would act during a during a pandemic. Uh, wire transfers are risky. TJ Gasnola and his uh, ex girlfriend Nicole Player taught us that. So <laughs> you need to uh, you need to yeah like I, I don't King. think you can yeah. just I don't think you can just drop bags on Venmo. <laughs> no, that is a record. I, don't I will say this on the uh, the, the Volkruten. For the, the, I've heard from like hundreds of Tennessee fans, as I do every single time anything remotely positive happens for Tennessee. They want to tell me how terrible I am and how idiotic my takes were from 2017. The best, first of all, was the guy that hit, hit me with hashtag Vol Twitter is undefeated. I <laughs> wanted to say back, okay. Vol football is often defeated. So good, good. It's great that you're winning Twitter, buddy. Go go for it. Congratulations. Uh, but if you're getting really chesty in May of 2020, for people who can't sign until December 2020 or February 2021, and as we said, there's going to be probably be a, a lot of decommitments, then okay, these guys are going to come to campus, and how long is it going to take this revolutionary class? to have the impact and to overthrow Georgia and Florida. Maybe they'll come within four touchdowns of Florida this year or Georgia. Maybe. I don't know. That dare to dream or Alabama. So everything that we said in 2017 will eventually be proven false by November 2022, 23. I don't know. Get back to me then, Vol Twitter. See if you're still undefeated. Bunch of haters. All right, you go ahead and prop them up, Danny. Go ahead. Corn won't grow at all on Rocky Top. Dirt's (laughs) too rocky by far. That's why all the folks on Rocky Top get their corn from a jar. (laughs) There you go. That's all I got to say. That's it. There's your valentine to the Vols. Coach Pruitt. I, I have mocked when he screwed everything up a few times, but he's getting some, you know, he's getting some recruits. I don't know. It was your civic duty to mock him. Dan. Civic duty. It's a lot of reasons, but he's, he's winning now. I don't know. I would not get too excited about recruiting. Rankings Just be winning on signing day was dumb, but now we're now they're winning, <laughs> winning on verbal commitment day. Verbal like, commitment day. Listen, is he we, Mr. May now? Like when they lose by four <laughs> touchdowns to Georgia next year, like we just call him Mr. May instead of you. Know, they used to mock Mac Brown for being uh, Coach February. Yeah, C- right. could he be? Could he be Coach he be May? Mr. May? So maybe you have to yeah. change your standards of entertainment levels based on the pandemic. Like nothing gets me as excited right now than when they're running the bar rescue marathon on Mondays. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, I've always liked bar, bar rescue. rescue. I don't know. It's a show. I did actually watch it one time. Okay. I will say. Shut it what down. Is it? They, they, they it, rescue David? bars. John Taffer. Genius. The genius. John Taffer. <laughs> so like a in. bar room yeah. is going to close? And yeah. They, yeah. They go into lousy it. business. Poorly like managed, badly run bars and, and take over. Usually and, they're dirty. Yeah. The owners are drunk. It's yeah. breaking down. They, they got a bad concept. Who knows? So it's like and, uh, Chip and Diana, whatever, for bars. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. John yes. Taffer comes in, trains the staff, gets some signature cocktails, renovates the place. <laughs> yeah. And it's then they have killer the, the, meals. Always, the, the truly spontaneous, perfect scene there where they show them all of a sudden the new look and everybody breaks into tears because they're so overwhelmed that our bar has been turned into a Taj Mahal. Yeah. And then they usually don't make it anyway. There's a little fan yeah. site called Bar Rescue Fan Site or something. I don't know. <laughs> Updates. And that usually doesn't work. Because if you're a drunk bar owner that's stealing money, <laughs> you're, you're going to keep doing it. Owner. Just because yeah. the place got a paint job doesn't really do it. Or, <laughs> or else he, he designs these cocktails that like will work at like a Vegas nightclub, but it's not really good for like rural 
you know, yeah. rural Mississippi bar that's just falling apart. <laughs> They're not drinking them in Lacrosse, Wisconsin today. Nah, yeah, you come in for the twelve dollar, you know, blue lit up. It's like, dude, you make sure the Guntown, bartender doesn't overpour bar, the Jack and Coke. That's how you make your money. Yeah. I wonder if the kangaroo in Guntown is like starting an army. We See? don't know what. At large, <laughs> at large and dangerous. Watch I feel too. good that there's been no sight, reported sightings. I think it's dead. I, I go on uh, the THL show in Nashville to discuss the 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 the, the kangaroo often. And uh, anyway, so you know, all right, let's end it with this because Wisconsin let people have run down to get a drink. So if if all of a sudden all the bars were open in your area, we'll just keep it local. We you can't go to your favorite bar in America. But I really miss going to bars. I really miss it. That's why I think I'm watching a lot of bar rescue. What would you? Where would you go? And what would you order? So Pat, yeah, you were talking about bologna sandwiches or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I already went, so I'll be brief. But yes, for the Kern's Corner, the fabulous little neighborhood bar where there's always horse racing on the TVs. You can only pay cash. Uh, you can make a bet almost on anything, probably at the bar. And yes, I would get their fabulous fried bologna sandwich. I'd drink a Sierra Nevada, and I'd, I could then walk down the street to Lakeside Swim Club and hopefully watch a swim practice. That's my they give me that, and I'm a happy guy. Obviously, uh, stay on my block in uh, in South Boston. I would uh, I would probably first belly up sometime in the late afternoon. Not that I've ever done this to Shenanigans Pub. I would get a nice big, tall, cold Guinness poured perfectly. And, you know, you can wait a few minutes. We've waited for a while. Uh, would, would chat with uh, would chat with Bernie, the manager, and all my friends over there. And then uh, after a few Guinness, I would probably saunter down to uh, Capo and belly up there. Maybe get a Tito's and soda. Maybe get a glass of wine. Uh, I'd go to a lot of bars. Like I would, you know, I, I would I would I would be dizzy uh, going to bars. And uh, but, yeah, I do think that perfect Guinness pour is probably what I would uh, what I would crave first. Dan, how about you? I, I would go with a Guinness also. Um, I would go to 24 Seconds Bar in Berkeley. My friend uh, Bob Bronstein owns it. A great bar, great sports bar. But yeah, I think I know like you're supposed to, you know, like one of these signature cocktails, but I can make like I drink, you know, Irish whiskey on the rocks. I can make that at home. I've, I've figured out the recipe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please share it with rock. our uh, listeners on Twitter. Bushmills yeah. and the rock. Put some ice in the cup and then pour the Bushmills <laughs> over it. Don't shake, stir, anything. Too lazy for that. No, that cold draft beer. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He's, yep. uh, just that's that's it. So a Guinness or or, or just a Miller Lite in those big 20. He has these big 20-ounces. Ice, ice down. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Just don't don't go get an Altus out of a can from that one place. No, nah, it's not time it was, for it a, a nice can bar. or a bottle. A but bar. you're drinking no. Sierra. Does your place have Sierra in uh, on in, on tap? Actually, no. It's it's yeah, out of a so bottle. So. I was gonna I, say, Kearns don't have Sierra on tap. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Yeah. So you know, you know what? I, I'm now siding with the Tennessee fans against you. <laughs> Pat, Pat's Part of big her. order is a fried bologna sandwich, which any moron can make at home, no, and a no, bottle no, no, of no, beer no, that he can no, buy. No. Here's here's what I respect about Pat's take. There is, I, like, I've ordered pickup food from Shenanigans, and I'll like go early. And they just open up the window and they serve it. And I was like, stand outside of my mask. Like, I just miss sitting around bullshit people. You know what I mean? They're my friend. They're the people that, you know, you see, you see every week or, or however, you know, however often it is. And it's just like, I don't know. I like miss the physical act of sitting down and ask, you know, just talking about whatever is happening. Like I just, the camaraderie, like, you know, there's just you, you were missing that impromptu, spontaneous conversation with folks about about whatever it is. You know, it's just that's the basic like the core of the basic interaction we're missing outside of our quarantine bubble. So and the, the amount of degenerate gambling that goes on on the bar, at the bar Pat's going to really, I, I would think, would overtake like the joy of a draft year. So let's <laughs> see that that's the balancing factor for sure. Well, it's 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 sad. It's sad. All right. Well, hopefully the bar is open and we can get back to normal bar activity at some point. They, the, the 24 seconds is now you can buy a growler to go. Is, is it wrong to get Miller Lite and a growler? Mm, yeah, that's a violation. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're going to just if you're going to get Miller Lite, just go get your quart from the convenience store when you pump up pump gas in your car. Come on. No, no, no. Think about it. Not, <laughs> not committing one way or the other. All right. <laughs> 
I'm depressed. There's no bars. <laughs> you can drive to Wisconsin. Go ahead. Go I would actually watch those Wisconsin bars on the live stream today, by the way, if that was available. I would. Like, yeah. You know what? They should live stream it, and then I would sit at home and get drunk all day and pretend I'm there. <laughs> pretend you're there. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I didn't get my story in. in. All right. Keep subscribing, sharing on social media. We will be back next week with more exciting college sports news and opinion. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.